Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week at Pushing the Limits. Today, I have a fantastic doctor to guest, Dr. Joy Kong. MD. She is the founder of Chara Biologics. Um, she's an anti-aging and regenerative medicine specialist and the president of the Thea Center for Regenerative Medicine in Los Angeles, California. And she's also the founder and president of the American Academy of Integrative Cell Therapy. Um, you know, Dr. Kong is, is, has just such a broad range of uh, expertise um, and is someone who has really delved deep into stem cell research, and this is what we're going to be talking uh, about today. I'm very, very excited this for this anti-aging and regenerative field of stem cells. Um, Dr. Kong graduated as a valedictorian from San Francisco State University and completed a medical training at UCLA School of Medicine, and she's a triple board certified by the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology, American Board of Addiction Medicine and the American Board of Anti-Aging and Regenerative Medicine. Uh, she's from China. She originally uh, came from Beijing and uh, immigrated to the States at the age of 20, where she's gone on to have such an illustrious career. And I do hope that you enjoy this episode today with Dr. Kong. She's fantastic. Um, before we head over to the show, just to remind you to check out what we do uh, at uh, lisatamati.com. It's my main website. We have our epigenetics program where we help people understand what their genes are all about, their DNA, and how to optimize their lifestyle, their food, their fitness programs, their mood and behavior, understand their hormones, all of these aspects that go into making up a healthy lifestyle. Um, so if you're interested in that, make sure you head over to lisatarmody.com. We also do everything anti-aging and longevity. That's my specialty. That's what I am interested in and have been studying for a number of years. Uh, so everything from the keto diet right through to stem cell therapy, right through to hyper oxygen therapy we cover it all in the show on pushing the limits and i hope you enjoy it and we also have lots of health consulting programs our epigenetics and anti-aging uh, supplement range as well uh, as well as our run coaching fitness training all of that sort of good stuff so head over to lisatarmati.com and check out our programs now over to the show with dr joy kong well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to Pushing the Limits. Today, I have a fantastic guest for you. Now, this lady is absolutely mind-blowing, and I've already given you her biology in the intro, so I won't go through all that again. Uh, but Dr. Joy Kong, welcome to the show. It's fantastic to have the honor to have you on, on today, so really excited. Thank you so much, Lisa. I, I would, yeah, I'm so happy to be here with you. Oh, it's just fascinating. Joy, can you give us a little bit of background about your story? Because um, it's quite interesting. You, you have an unusual background of how you came to be where you are in Los Angeles now. Um, but you weren't born in America? Right. I was born in China. So I grew up in Beijing. Um, the first 20 years I spent in Beijing and uh, actually wrote a memoir about how I came to the U.S. called Tiger of Beijing. So <laughs> so you can get a little flavor of, you know, of the, you know, the punchiness of the story. But it's a very fascinating uh, journey of how I even made it to the U.S. because my first visa was rejected. And that's where my book started. And so it talked about how I actually ended up getting to America um, through you know, fairly unconventional route. Um, and then after I got to America, how things became difficult and how I survived the first two years. So just a three-year journey is, is, is wow. it, it's an interesting story, but, but basically you have a different cultural background, right? Growing up in China, um, on a university campus, very science driven and, um, but Chinese medicine is everywhere, right? It's part of life and it's been around for thousands of years, but we're also a very science-driven family. My dad, you know, is an engineer, my mom, you know, chemist. So we love science. Um, we believe in science. So in our family medicine drawer, there will be Chinese medicine. There will be you know, Western medicine. They're all mixed together. Like you, you can't tell. You just, my mom just go in and grab and find whatever that works for that particular condition. Yeah. So it's all, there's no prejudice. It's just all about, okay, for this, this Chinese medicine worked much better. And for, for this problem, okay, let's do this Western medicine. That works much better than the Chinese medicine. So, so that was the way it was. And knowing that sometimes Chinese medicine works really well. 
And then also beginning to understand, I actually um, read the book called The Web with No Weavers. Really interesting was the, the, the journalist who went with Nixon to China on the first trip where he witnessed that either him, I can't remember, it was him or a colleague got appendicitis and the Chinese doctors were able to do the operation under acupuncture, wow. not anesthesia. So he was like, how is this possible? What, what's going on in this country? So he started to dig into Chinese medicine. And then he realized this is a, the medicine is a web approach. You're looking at the human body as a complex web. And, in, you know, with no weaver, probably the weaver is God. You know, we don't know who the weaver is, but yeah. this is an incredible mystery, incredible web. The Chinese medicine or Ayurveda, you know, these traditional me- uh, medicines, they were able to look at from a system view. So they look at a little step higher. So they're able to see how the web and one part of the web may affect another part of the web. Just think about all the knots, you know, on the web. So they're able to look at it from a system view. And that's what's lacking in Western medicine. Um, So when I was in medical school, it's great at looking at linear relationships from A to B. But if you have uh, CDFG, and then, you know, like the whole alphabet, then you get crazy because you don't know how everything's affecting each other. So the Western medicine doesn't yet have a system to understand how you put all these, uh, you, you know, all these relationships together. That's where it's lacking. And that's where I wanted to borrow some of the wisdom from Eastern medicine, where you can look at the body from a system point of view. Um, but when I was trying to incorporate Chinese medicine with Western medicine, I also ran into the problem of the two systems speaking completely different languages. Mm. So one is, you know, equations and, you know, formulas and, 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 um, you know, the scientific, you know, the, the, the uh, linear explanation. The other one is speaking poetry. So it's, you know, cloud dampness. I was like, how, how am I going to put the two together? <laughs> and what happened was that I um, encountered, you know, functional medicine or anti-aging medicine. You know, it, it's just a name. It's really about this new branch of medicine yeah. was trying to look at the body as a system. And they're trying to look at a lot of uh, new therapies. So instead of being stuck in the medication route, they're looking at, you know, is a dog body toxic? Is a hormone imbalanced? What about all these hormones? How are they interacting with each other? You know, what about uh, nutrition? What about all these vitamins, minerals, antioxidants? How are they going to interact with everything? So they were looking at all these angles. And that I thought was a perfect approach to bring the two systems together because we can investigate why Chinese medicine or Ayurvedic medicine, why those herbs work by using Western language. But we can look at it from, you know, it gets so it gets complex. So I think at one point, you know, maybe we'll bring in artificial intelligence. We'll bring yep. in something that can simulate that level of comp- complexity. Because right now we we're not medicine is not handling it very well. That's why people are so sick. Um, people spent, um, you know, their the, the end of their life being miserable, sick. So what people were saying was that we're not extending you know, it's just lifespan. It's like a, you know, like a span, right? So, yeah. so we're, we're extending the time that people are sick and spend all their money on medications in the hospitals. And then you die in the hospital and you spend another huge fortune. So it's great for the medical system, mm. the hospitals, the drug companies, mm. they're doing great. Yeah. They're making a ton of money, yep. you know, in your, you know, last 20 years of life. But is that how we want to live? No. Um, so that, that's when I know this new form of medicine is going to take over. You know, I think just like how we look at medicine, you know, like 150 years ago, we're like, how could the doctors do that? You know, yeah. that is so barbaric. 50 years from now, they're going to look at what we're doing now, what the doctors are doing now. They're going to be pulling their hair out and saying, yep. how could doctors do that? That is the dumbest thing. You know, that is so counterproductive. Um, so that we're going to get to that point, but we're just in that transition point where the, you know, the old, you know, the, the, die the hard. Old. It's gonna, 
is going to establishment take. is not going to go oh, easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the way we've been doing things. We are the smart ones. Who are you to tell us that you have a better way? So yeah, yeah there's a clashing, but there is. You know, but the statistics aren't lying. I mean, we we have the worst statistics, and I mean, America has got the biggest outlay on on per capita on healthcare, and is 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 one of the worst countries as far as the health data goes, right? Um, exactly. And obesity is is rampant. Chronic diseases are rampant, and we're not. You know, I think we're we're uh, Western medicine is so brilliant when it comes to broken bones and you know surgeries and hip replacements and you know all of those sorts of things they do really really brilliantly but when it comes to chronic disease or health and and this is what this whole show is about is about health optimization and being in the preventative space when i go to a doctor here unless they're a functional medicine doctor they have a different approach as you just said but when i ask i'm working with clients and i do dna testing and epigenetics in my practice um and i said can you get these bloods done with your doctor right? Because I can't order bloods, right? I'm not a doctor. Um, very often they'll go and they'll go, what do you want those for? You know, you don't, do you have a problem in that area or this area? Like, you know, but it, I, I want to know what's under the hood so that I don't get those problems, you know, and this approach yeah. and what's coming down the line with all that, with the technology. And this is what we're going to dive into today in your specialty area, but there is just so much cool stuff happening. And I'm just like tamping it a bit to get some of the technology down here and get the wearables and get the CGMs and the, you know, all the stuff that's going to give us this feedback so that we have uh, an insight into our own bodies and what's actually happening um, and a better, better look. And I'm excited for this, this change, but it is coming difficult and it's still very much um, in, you know, having a personal experience with my own family of, of, fighting against the system pretty much for the last, you know, six, seven years with both my parents uh, and their journeys. I, I just, it's not, this is not a, um, uh, a crusade against doctors. This is just like, the system is not quite right here. We need to be looking and being in that preventative space. And I love the idea of marrying, you know, the traditional medicine with the in bringing instead of this arrogant attitude that the Western medicine has had to date, Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, rubbish, you know, because it was uh-huh. in that poetic language. And now they're starting to go, hang on a minute. <laughs> They've got something, <laughs> uh, which is cool. Things have changed a lot. Acu- even just acupuncture has been, uh, you know, from when I first came to the U.S. 30 years ago, if I talk about acupuncture, even though I was in San Francisco, you think it's a very progressive place, but people still look at you sideways and they, they think that you're just, you know, you know, a little but weird, <laughs> but now, I mean, it's been probably 15, 20 years that it's covered by insurance. So now all of a sudden, everybody talks about acupuncture. Yeah. I see acupuncture is, yeah, it helps me. It, it is no big deal anymore. So you can see the progression in the changes in our consciousness and the same thing happened with stem cells. So, you know, when I got into anti-aging medicine, Quickly, stem cells was part of the anti-aging, you know, uh, you know, strategy because it's such a powerful, you know, powerful discipline and power, these powerful uh, treatments. And um, and so when I saw how it actually helped people and how well it worked, and then when I saw all the evidence that's out there and and you know all these studies across the globe, that's what's really really exciting. So that's when I went really deep. But what's funny was when I first got into it about about six years ago. You know, people will come to me and they will ask me, hey, uh, um, Dr. Kong, what, what, tell me about stem cell. What exactly is a stem cell? Like, what, what, what are they exactly? And, but now people will come to me. No one asks that anymore. <laughs> they know. Say, oh, I know about stem cell. I, I know it's, it's incredible. But, hey, doctor, I have this condition. Do you think stem cells can help me? So you can see even just within five, six years, huge change. And this is and this is part of what you're doing now. And so the stem cell, let's go and do a deep dive into stem cell and the regenerative and anti-aging stuff that you do. And I mean, you, you are the founder of the American Academy of Integrated Cell Therapy. Uh, you yeah. teach other physicians about stem cell uh, therapies. Um, you are an absolute expert. And there was a lot of clinical research that you have been uh, a part of. Um in New Zealand, it's just beginning, I think. Like there is a couple of doctors uh, from, from what I can research, there may be more, but um, that are that are starting to get into it. But it's it's even 
we're probably a few years behind you. Can you explain what is stem cell therapy, uh, how it works, and why does it have such a massive um, range of, of diseases and ailments that it can help? I think we'll start I there. I think <laughs> one of the things that's <clears throat> confusing for people is that stem, I think the stem cell field, I mean, the, the it, it, it's complex because when people say stem cells, as if there's some magical cells that are stem cells, but really there's like this gradation of different levels of cells that are powerful and primitive and they're all stem cells, but there could be, you know, a hundred or a thousand different layers of, of evolution. So what happens if you imagine when you were conceived, fertilized egg, that is your number one, zero generations stem cell, right? So we all came from that. You think mm-hmm. of this complex, mm, you know, organism. we came from that single, single cell. And what made that cell so powerful? The DNA within that cell is capable of interpreting the environment of self-evolving and self-generating. That is the intelligence that's embedded in that DNA. From that one cell, you get all these other stem cells. They all start to, you know, form, you know, divide and form different structures. And then they start to hollow out. And then the cells on the inside is forming the organism. That's the baby. And the outside is the uh, placenta. So, the all these tissues contain stem cells. It's only until the organs are being formed, then you have specific specialized cells. Those mm-hmm. are not stem cells anymore. So right, your liver cells, bone cells, your yep. you know your skin cells, all these are have uh, you differentiated into a particular cell of a function. Mm. It's called an organ, you know, tissue specific cells. So these are not stem cells anymore, but what comes before them, they were all stem cells, but they, they're, you know, a huge variation of what they are. Some are going toward your, you know, <clears throat> nervous system, skin, some are going toward your bone and muscles, and some are more internal, you know, GI tract and, and, and pancreas. So all these have different specialization. They may all be stem cells. So how do we, what do we utilize? So right now, um, the, the gold standard, what, what's really popular is mesenchymal stem cells because mm-hmm. these are something that um, has a more generalized function. I think the stem cell field probably is going to move into something more specialized at some point, but you can never ignore the general regenerative properties of mesenchymal stem cells because they modulate the environment that all other stem cells work in. Right. So you think of mesenchymal stem cells, just think about your blood vessels all along, all around all your, your body, body yep. everywhere. You know, anywhere you have blood vessels, you will see these mesenchymal stem cells <clears throat> huddling around the blood vessels. And they are sensing what's going through the blood. Mm-hmm. They're also sensing what's going on in the environment. So they're modulating and they're sending out signals to the blood to bring things, you know, you know, to your system to bring in maybe immune cells, maybe other hormone signals. So they're, they're telling your, your overall system, what to do, what to bring, but then they're also talking to the local environment, maybe directing what's going on locally, but also talking with the local tissue specific stem cells. So those are the cells can only form cells of that particular tissue. Yep. So they are, they're, they're having this coordinating uh, effect role, yeah. Uh, so so, so mesenchymal. If you would define mesenchymal for someone who doesn't has never heard well, that, that term, that was before. just a name. It came from the meso uh, mesoderm layer. So uh-huh. when you're formed, babies formed ectoderm, mesoderm, endoderm. Yep. So they're just different germ layers that mm-hmm. you know the embryo. Yep, know all about that. Yeah. How the the cells start to you know evolve. So it's a little bit uh, misleading even though it came from the mesoderm layer, but these cells have such a vast um, uh, level of capabilities. Right. And this is why the doctor who discovered mesenchymal stem cells said, I don't want, I, it's a misnomer, you know, to call them mesenchymal stem cells is giving the wrong idea to people because what these cells do really is to produce signals and coordinate this regeneration. So he wanted to rename it 
medicinal signaling cells. Wow. So that's, that's, wow. it's a very special category of cells, but you also have other cells. We can, but we're not there yet. Um, we can always get cells, let's say embryonic stem cells or get cells from your own skin or from, you know, your other cells and induce them to, to go into an embryonic state yeah. and then use other signals to, to trick the cells into developing into a particular direction. So, so then you get tissue specific, let's say you want neurons, then you can trick the embryonic stem cells or the induced embryonic like stem cells, induce them into that direction and help them to replenish cells in that particular organ. But what we're doing right now using mesenchymal stem cells is that we're changing the environment and we're waking up local stem cells. Um, so that's where we're at right now. And just that has been pretty powerful, has been giving people a lot of hope. Yeah. Um, and I think that hope is really important. There's so many conditions where traditional doctors just said, you know, there's no more we can do. And then they come to do stem cells and they get incredible results. So we are you know, transforming people's lives. Absolutely. So, so if we go into then what, um, so these mesenchymal stem cells, are these harvested, uh, from, um, umbilical tissue and, and birth tissue that that's, you know, no longer re- re- required when the baby is born? Uh, so from the umbilical cord, from the placenta, uh, and then stored and then processed and do whatever you guys do with it. Is that where these most of these mesenchymal stem cells that you're using in therapies come from? Um, or is this from also from, because I know you can get stem cells from fat tissue. Um, so w- what is the difference there? And Fat tissue um, has a lot of mesenchymal stem cells. It's not the fat itself, it's the blood vessels that are right. supplying the fat. Uh-huh. So because it's rich in blood vessels, so you're getting the cells out of the you know blood vessels. So basically... <clears throat> when you harvest a fat, all the cells that are lining the blood vessels, uh-huh. they get harvested. Uh-huh. So um, bone marrow is another source of stem cells, but they are more um, of the hematopoietic progenitor cell mm-hmm. type. The mesenchymal stem cells is very, very small quantity. It's about 0.01 to 0.1% of the cells are actually mesenchymal stem cells. So they're tiny quantities. Um, so what I use is birth tissue derived stem cells. And these are from healthy births. Mm-hmm. Um, babies are alive and healthy at the time of birth. They clamp the cord and cut it. And the procurement company are there to collect the tissue that's going to be tossed into the biological waste basket otherwise. And they collect them, put in a saline bag, and then put it on ice to ship to a tissue banks to be processed. Mm-hmm. So that's what I prefer. The reason I prefer that and I have um, actually a YouTube video where I went pretty detailed into scientific evidence of why I think that's the better source. Mm-hmm. Um, I really went into researching that with no prejudice whatsoever. I just I just wanted the best source for patients. Um, I wanted to understand what the differences are between these different tissue sources because you have bone marrow derived fat-derived, and birth tissue-derived. And these are the three main camps. Mm-hmm. And I just want people to have the best results and to be the safest. Yeah. So <clears throat> when I so the, the YouTube video is called Are All MSCs Created Equal? Yep. Um, so it turns out they're bit. not. So if you're getting it from adult tissue, from the bone marrow versus from fat versus from the birth tissue, even within the birth tissue compartments, you know, different compartments, whether or not it's amniotic membrane or Wharton's jelly or placenta, everything or core blood, you know, all these different compartments will contain different groups of cells. Mm -hmm. So you want to understand what you're giving people. And the, you know, from all the, the studies I've looked at, really, when you look at potency of these cells, the umbilical cord, the birth tissue derived stem cells are more primitive they are more active. They have more anti-inflammatory capabilities. Mm-hmm. They have more ability to shift your immune system and they have longer telomeres. They have mm-hmm. more generations left. They have broader range of um, uh, directions that they can differentiate. So they're more powerful. And, and when you look at their surface markers, they're kind of in between embryonic stem cells and adult stem cells. So adult stem cells, let's just say adult MSCs have lost a lot of these primitive surface markers that shows that they have more potentials, but 
but the good thing is that when, when his embryonic stem cells, <clears throat> I mean, when his umbilical cord or birth tissue drives stem cells, these cells not only have some of the capabilities of the embryonic stem cells because they're more primitive, because they mm-hmm. were trapped when the new, when the uh, umbilical cord and placenta, when they were forming. So they're trapped in there and they kept a lot of the primitive characteristics. So they're more potent, but they don't have the kind of um, potential like the embryonic stem cells that actually can cause tumor formation, can cause uh, like new tum- tumor called teratoma. These are uncontrolled growth of different cells types, you know, of different tissues, you know, hair, teeth, and, you know, muscles, everything lumped together is is a crazy growth. Um, So embryonic stem cells or even induced um, embryonic like stem stem cells, pluripotent stem cells, they all have that potential. We still can't, uh, we haven't been able to harness them Right. Control them adequately. So it's too dangerous to but, do that at the moment because yeah, that could end use up. Embryonics, uh, but when you use umbilical cord stem cells, right. um, you avoid that type of problem. So birth tissue stem cells avoid that kind of crazy tumor. Yeah, which could but end up also, in cancer or something. Yeah. They're also exactly, but they're also safer than adult stem cells because adult stem cells have lost some of the intelligence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of detecting cancer. Um, there's a lot of instances of um, adult stem cells um, actually promoting existing cancer. They probably won't form new cancer, but if you have existing cancer, because they tell everything to grow, so they ended up telling cancer to grow. But the younger stem cells from birth tissue have much better capability of detecting that's cancer. So it can tell the cancer to die. It actually gives specific signals to tell the cancer cells to go on program cell death. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, and they, they have direct comparisons between fat-derived stem cells versus umbilical cord-derived stem cells. You know, both are MICs, mesenchymal stem cells, and drastically different results. The fat-derived stem cells cause the, the tumor to grow, and the, uh, the birth tissue umbilical cord-derived stem cells make the cancer shrink, shrink and go away. Yeah, that's that, how that, drastic that, different wow. they are. That, so that, that, that's really good because I never understood the difference, you know, between the, the stem cells that are derived from fat and the stem cells that are derived from umbilical cord or from the birth tissue and why there's such a difference. And I, I sort of, I, I, when you said the telomere length is much longer, their ability to, to reproduce for longer. So that makes sense that you would want to get the earlier tissue um, and before it's differentiated. And this is, um, you know, like for, for people trying to understand the, you know, a pluripotent stem cell can become anything that it, it, it can regenerate into whatever is required by the body. Like when, when I hop in that hyperbaric chamber there, um, hyperbaric has been shown to produce more of your own stem cells. So this is not a stem cell uh, infusion or, or um, stem cell therapy, but it just helps produce more of your own stem cells. However, these are older stem cells still, aren't they? They're not, um, like you say, that have come from an early uh, situation where it's actually got more potential to do more therapeutic good. Um, and so the safety of the umbilical cord or the 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 from the young tissue from 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 birth is much safer is what you're saying than using the that's, stem cells that's from the, the evidence that i've seen yeah 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 fantastic so how does one get stem cell therapy like is this an infusion is this um you also have um a skincare range which i've been blessed to have received some and um um, I've only had it for a couple of weeks, but I'm feeling like I'm younger already. <laughs> um, how can you use this? How um, so you can use this topically? It get, can actually get through the skin layers and actually yeah, do the good. The cells are not alive anymore in the skin cream. It's, okay. it's almost impossible to keep them alive, um, but they do contain a lot of these signals and these very young, very vibrant, and powerful signals is what's helping with the regeneration of the skin. 
I'm counting on it. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Yeah, but as far as how you, you, you can utilize these cells, it really depends on what you're trying to do. Yep. Um, so if you have a, you know, you're a young athlete, you have, you know, you just injured your ligament, tendon, you know, joint, we can inject directly into that site and you may heal very well. But if you are an older person and this was an older injury, and somehow there's deterioration going on. So what's mm-hmm. called osteoarthritis. And that's when it's a chronic inflammatory condition because your body is not able to keep up with repairing. And so there's, inf- even if it's a joint is inflamed, if you put a, they've, they've shown, if you put a cartilage construct, so like a fresh new piece of cartilage, and you put into osteoarthritic knee, the It'll construct is going to be eaten away. Yeah. So, so, so it's not that you're wearing it down. It's not you're wearing and tearing. It's because you cannot keep up. You cannot maintain tissue. So, so that's if for those cases, then we need to help the whole body mm. to better be able to regenerate, right? Calm the inflammation so your body is younger. And that I do believe that you need to have a systemic approach. Just interrupting the program briefly to let you know that we have a new patron program for the podcast. Now, if you enjoy pushing the limits, if you get great value out of it, we would love you to come and join our patron membership program. We've been doing this now for five and a half years and we need your help to keep it on air. It's been a public service free for everybody and we want to keep it that way. But to do that, we need like-minded souls who are on this mission with us to help us out. So if you're interested in becoming a patron for Pushing the Limits podcast, then check out everything on patron.lisatamati.com. That's P-A-T-R-O-N dot lisatamati.com. We have two patron levels to choose from. You can do it for as little as $7 a month New Zealand or $15 a month if you really want to support us. So we we are grateful if you do. There are so many membership benefits you're going to get if you join us. Everything from workbooks for all the podcasts, the strength guide for runners, uh, the power to vote on future episodes, uh, webinars that we're going to be holding, all of my documentaries and much, much more. So check out all the details, patron.lisatamati.com and thanks very much for joining us. So for those people who have osteoarthritis, I actually do both IV injection and inject into the knee itself. And and the result has been amazing. First of all, when you have large joints like the knee or hip or shoulders, the outer one third of the cartilage is nourished by the blood supply and the inner two thirds is nourished by the synovial fluid. So, So when you inject into synovial fluid, that's great. You can get to the inner two thirds, but the outer one third, you can't reach So through the blood supply, you can actually reach that. But not only that, we know that these cells interact with your immune system, with your spleen, with your lymphoid system, and they actually help change the internal environment of your body. So of course, it's going to get to a lot of different places as well. So wherever you have inflammation, and that's what I've seen in my patients, that's why it's so elegant. It almost doesn't matter what kind of conditions you have? Sure. You know, if I have brain disorder, I may do something more special. You know, joint, I do something different. Maybe it's, P, you know, penile issues. I may inject locally, hair restoration, I can inject locally. But for the majority of the problems, I can just put the cells in your body and the cells will find its way wow. and then will do its work. And this is why it's so fun to be a doctor <laughs> doing sense cell therapy. Not only is it so powerful, but it's... Um, it, it, I'm counting on their own intelligence. Yeah, so, so the body does its own repair. And yeah. I'm so glad that you said this about the inflammatory process. Um, um, I have a, a a good friend who's a longevity specialist and regenerative. Uh, you'd love her actually, Dr. Elizabeth Yurth out of Boulder, Colorado. And I've done a lot of courses with her, and she's a regenerative medicine specialist. And she says the problem with with stem cells is if the person, if they have not gone and done the regenerative stuff, they're getting rid of the inflammation first, and and doing what you say, like the, you, you've got the, the, the stem cells just going into the knee joint, for example, without doing the systemic stuff and it, without addressing the inflammatory uh, disease process that's going on in the body, then you're not going to get the full effect. 
you'll get some effects, but not the full effect. Is that how it's a little bit of a double-edged sword? So um, there has been evidence that high inflammation actually make the stem cell work better. So basically the inflammation of the body sends signals. So they make these cells more active. So it's double-edged sword. Mm. Um, That's why I don't say, oh, I can't give you stem cells unless you calm your inflammation. No, no, no. We're going to treat your inflammation, right? We're going to we're going to help you. We're going to help you regenerate. Your inflammation can get relief from these cells because your inflammation can actually, you know, like like <clears throat> almost like trigger these cells to work harder. But mm-hmm. at the same time, we do want to address your whole body. Mm-hmm. It's very important that we reduce the toxicity. We you know get your nutritional to status to the right place, and we use you know energy therapy to you know optimize your cells. There's so many things you know oxygen, ozone. There's so many things you can do to talk to your body to make sure it's got all the ingredients to work correctly. But you don't have to wait until the inflammation is down in order mm-hmm. to get stem cells. And, and you're, you're, you're doing the cells systemically plus into the actual joint, if, if we're talking about a joint issue uh, or and, and helping the body to, it, it, on a systemic level, I suppose like with the uh, hyperbaric oxygen, that's also a very much a panacea, a thing that can help so many. I don't, shouldn't say panacea. It's probably the wrong word. Um, but it helps so many different ailments because it's hyper-oxygenating the body. It's attacking the inflammation. It's producing more stem cells. And so the body is intelligent enough to go, well, I need a bit of that down here or up there or wherever it needs it. And it's working on that systemic level. I'm, I'm just putting, you know, two and two together on my basic <laughs> understanding of, uh, of um, yeah you're uh, right science. you're right cells, and I've seen that over and over again um you know I can give people some cells and all of a sudden you know their their uh, neuropathy symptoms were going away wow. or they you know some people have liver issues that that you know got resolved long and you know or um traumatic brain injury um, people with, um, you know, psoriasis and some kind of s- systemic conditions and people with uh, even testicular swelling and nodules, you know, that some of the, no- the nodules went away and, and, you know, resolved and saved somebody's testicle. So it really, but the treatment is very similar. I put it in the vein and, wow. and that's how powerful they are. And so this is an infusion. Do you have to have a whole course of these um, infusions or injections? Are they injections or infusions that you do it? Um, Well, a lot of times you can do injections as well. So even if you inject something into the muscle, this is where, you know, silly, everything is systemic. So whatever you put in the body is all going to be systemic. So even if you put in the muscles, yes, they can live in the muscle for some time, but the muscles also have blood supply and they can get into the blood supply and become systemic. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> um, it's, um, yeah. So they, they, they're, they're going to find their, yeah, they're going to find their way. Um, but this is those dependent. If you have a lot of inflammation, you put a little bit of cells in there, it may get to one place with inflammation and then decide to stay there. And there's really not that many cells to go around, right? Mm-hmm. If you have flake, you know, a flaming inflammation all over your body, then there's only so much that this group of cells can do yeah. that you may need another treatment. So what I tell people is that if someone has a fairly significant illness, um, you know, it doesn't matter which organ, we probably are looking at at least two or three sessions um, to really see if this is helping. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't expect just one treatment that's going to fix everything. And if it didn't work, then, oh my God, stem cells doesn't work. Yeah. That is not fair because all the medications, everything has a dose and, and has a regimen to it. Mm-hmm. And stem cells are no different. You don't say, oh, just because this stem cell, not medication. So it's not, we're not going to look at the dose and we're no, not going to look at a treatment program. It's the yeah. same thing. You know, like, like medications, you may need, you know, three doses, you know, over the co- a course of three to six months, which is what I do. Um, and, but if someone just come to me for anti-aging purposes, you can do it, you know, every one to uh, every three to six months. So you just, you don't have to do, you know, a series. Um, but if you have any serious issues, we probably need to do a series. Do a series and, and really get that inflammation and all that systemic yeah, benefit from it. Each wave of repair is going to build upon the previous wave. Okay. And you, like you've, you teach other physicians, you've, 
established the Integrative Cell uh, American Academy. <laughs> you're you're incredible. Like you're at the cutting edge of this, and you've only been involved in the space for the last six years. Like, how did you like <laughs> end up being the the boss in this space, so to speak? <laughs> well, you're too kind. Well, I'm, no, I'm not the boss. Uh, I'm just really driven and really want to understand. I think it's it's intellectual curiosity and it's passion because I went into medicine to really make a difference for people's lives. I want to see them actually transform and and heal and do better. And it had I was I was in psychiatry before, and a lot of medications were actually helping patients a lot, but. Um, there's nothing like functional medicine that's looking at all the, the root causes. So when I found that, and when I found stem cells, which is probably the most holistic treatment you can ever seek, this is really, it's addressing the whole web. Yeah. Because the cells are talking to all your systems, yeah. all at once, all these signals. You can't even imagine how complex it is, right? Because the cells are doing its work. They are using the kind of intelligence that created you. You can't compare. You can't, no drugs, you know, no devices yeah. can compare to the intelligence that created us. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's really because this is so exciting. This is so revolutionary. I, I, you know, I tell people this is the first time in history that we are injecting intelligence. We're not injecting a, a molecule or a group of molecules like in herbs. We're injecting intelligence itself. That's why it's so exciting. It so I just kept reading and kept studying. I was like, what the hell is going on? This is, this is just so cool. And seeing how I can help all these patients and no other doctors can help. I mean, I had no business doing this. I was doing psychiatry, but you know, I love medicine overall. I mean, I chose to study psychiatry. I could have very well gone into neurology, but neurology was giving people no hope. I was like, I'm just going to be a depressed neurologist who's <laughs> diagnosing people left and right and give them no tools to heal. Like, well, I don't want to do that. At least yeah. in psychiatry, I can give people medications and stabilize them and give them a better quality of life. So that's why. But, you know, I'm a doctor. So, you know, all this is exciting. Um, so when I see how this one simple treatment, right, a group of cells mm. that have this primitive young intelligence. I give it to the body. And all of a sudden I can be a rheumatologist. I can be an orthopedic <laughs> surgeon. I can be, you know, That's a dermatologist. Amazing. I mean, I, a urologist, I'm everything. This is how fun is that? So I'm, I'm looking, cause I love science. I love medicine. So I'm reading articles from all these different, different disciplines, right? That's what the Academy, my course actually divide um, the evidence into different organ system and disease categories. There are like 30 categories. Wow. So I get to learn everything. So it's, it's, it's super fun. Um, so then you, you realize that there's all these common themes, mm. you know, between all these organs. Mm. So that's why the treatment can be so elegant. And the cool thing about stem cells is that it's accepted by everybody because if you are a new age <laughs> or naturopathic, person, your um, integrative doctor, holistic doctor, you're, you're very, very drawn to this because this is very holistic, very natural. And it, it's, 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 it, it taps into your body's own intelligence, treats things at a root causes level. But if you're traditional or conventional medicine doctor, you're all about science. And that's where stem cell science came from. It came from conventional medicine. So don't knock wow. it, right? Yeah. You know, that's how we found that there are stem cells. So embrace it. It's because of modern medicine. That's how, that's how we even know that there are stem cells. So this is true integration. And it's, it's, it's what you've been both, both fields. Yeah. yeah. It's what you've been searching for your entire life, by the sounds of it. The way yes. you light up when you talk about this is just like, that's right. that's I've right. got the answer. I've got how, how to put <laughs> these two worlds together that I wanted to bring out. And there it is, you know. Uh, and and it, it, it is wonderful to find these, anything that can help so many different um in so many different areas because you're going up the tree, so to speak, literally with, in regards to stem cells. I mean, even with things like hyperbaric or looking at genetics, or we're going a little bit further up and looking at where is the problems come from rather than the Band-Aid on the bottom when you've got the disease, you know, um, which is the approach generally, so speaking, 
in the in the traditional, uh, you know, in the conventional, I should say, medicine world is, oh, you've got a headache, take a neurofine, you know, oh, you've uh, done this, put that on it or take this pill rather than going, uh, how is that interacted with that system? And it's much more complicated to do it and it takes a lot more time to do that approach. But it is much more, you know, going further up, I like to think of it as a, a tree where you want to, you know, go back to the root cause for the for the for the want of a better description, um, rather than being the band aid, you know, and uh, in, in, in just dealing with the symptom, but going yeah. to find out why. It will come, you know. The time will come that functional medicine, you know, this whole new approach to medicine is going to be the new standard. Uh, it just is going to take some time, but it's a grassroots movement because it's not the doctors who are trying to push this is the patients who really want it and need it. And I, I can't tell you how many people I've heard, you know, functional medicine that that's, you know, a lot of people are realizing they're, they're, they're waking up that the traditional route is not helping them very much. And a lot of functional medicine doctors actually were the people who either themselves got sick and couldn't get enough relief from conventional medicine or their family members. So, so in a sense, they're part of the grassroots, right? They were, on the patient side and they're seeking something else and they realize, Oh, these other things actually work. So same thing with stem cells. Um, all these, so many doctors actually come to me saying, Hey, um, I think I need to do stem cells because I've got all these patients asking for me. They want to do it. <laughs> so can you teach me how to do it? So the patients are the ones that's giving them the push. Well, I hope you educate thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of doctors all around the planet so that we can get this fantastic information out there and do it in a, in a, in a safe environment and, and, you know, that these tissue banks and things are, become more available. You know, I'm always frustrated because I live in New Zealand and we seem to be, you know, at the edge of the world with not a great huge population and everything is like all these cool things we don't necessarily have here and somebody correct me if I'm wrong because I would love to know if there's one already in New Zealand. Um, but what sort of things can we just go into briefly um, before we wrap it up? Um, like I, I read on your website, there's clinical research around spinal injuries, multiple sclerosis, uh, motor neurons disease, IBS, kidney repair, uh, cause collagen, um, diabetes. Like this is just such broad broad areas what are some of the research that you've seen that where you would say like yeah this is like uh you know i'm working with people with motor neurons disease at the moment so very interested in anything uh that you have um in, in that realm um and, and yeah what are, what are some of the really interesting clinical research that you've seen recently come out in with stem cells that could help different ailments uh, there's so many areas, right? You mentioned diabetes, so both type one and type two, they, they actually wow. shown that um, the beta wow. cells, you know, the, the actually getting regenerated and, wow. and, you know, with endogenous, you know, the body producing its own insulin again. And, um, you know, it, I mean, it's from head to toe, you know, neurological conditions, I think it's a little bit, um, a little bit more difficult and a little bit slower, but um, there's research on, you know, hemorrhagic stroke, ischemic stroke, and traumatic brain injuries, spinal cord injuries. And, um, you know, um, I, I think for, you know, Parkinson's animal models, yep. uh, but unfortunately I think there's still, it's still lacking when it comes to human studies. Um, but uh, for autoimmune diseases, there's, I think the most research have been done on autoimmune disease, mm. diseases um, like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, um, you know, inflammatory bowel diseases like ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease and um, uh, psoriasis. Um, and then, you know, things like migraines, actually great evidence, um, tremendous evidence and, um, and long, you know, COPD, lung injury, end stage renal disease, Wow. Um, liver cirrhosis, and of course, musculoskeletal, you know, everything musculoskeletal. Um, and um, there's, you know, research on autism, research on addiction, but addiction is more um, in the areas of, um, um, of animal research, but it's still very fascinating, these alcoholic rats, how they were <laughs> You know, giving them stems out treatment. I know they couldn't stop drinking. They love it, and uh, they they are alcoholic. So they, when you give them stem cells acutely, it quickly decreases their alcohol intake by wow. at least 50 percent. And then if you 
put them into like a rehab situation um, because you give them free, they give them 73 days of 10% alcohol. And then I think, you know, how many days of 20% and then they cut them off for 14 days. So it's, it's like, you know, like humans going to a rehab center, you completely cut off. And on day four, they either give them stem cells or give them control, you know, a, a, a placebo. The ones that got stem cells, uh, what happened was that, you know, 10 days after they give them stem cells, right, total of 14 days of abstinence, they allow them free intake of alcohol. For one hour, they record how much alcohol they drink. The rats that got stem cells drank, their drinking was decreased by 80 to 85%. Wow. So they just not as interested. So the suspicion is that because it reduces brain inflammation. So that's a really cool one. And then there's, you know, research on anti-aging, on longevity, also in animals. Um, the results has been pretty consistent. It increases lifespan for about 30%. Wow. And, and it's not just lifespan, but it's health span. Yeah. They look younger, act younger. They just, you know, they, 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 their brain is younger and they dissected their muscles and their brains and looking at different uh, uh, neurotransmitters and, um, uh, growth factors and, 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 and checked, you know, the, the waste product. So everything was restored to the younger state. So that's, uh, you know, anti-aging, but even things like glaucoma, you know, for the eyes, uh, or even hearing loss, there have been evidence of stem cells being helpful. Wow. Um, this is yeah. all like mind blowing because it's just basically taking you back to your younger self before all the yes. shit hit the fan, so to speak. <laughs> I don't know how many people know that we, we are running out of stem cells as we age. There's just no way around it. Um, You know, you don't keep your stem cells forever. The fact that they are with you um, and the the fact they go into battle for you, the more you mobilize them, uh, the less they are because there are only so many generations they have. And when they fight the battles for you on your inflammation, there's an attrition rate. So when they come out of hibernation, when they are activated and they go fight your battle and they, they eventually die, you know, they're not going to live forever. So if you get your own stem cells and put back into your body, it's the same thing. You're activating them. They will fight your battles and they die. So you could potentially in that sense, just exhausted your stem cell supply. So that's one reason, you know, that I think is a disadvantage. You can't really do anti-aging with your own stem cells because you're running out of it anyhow. And then you just activate it and then you just reduced it. So you just, you just reduce yourself more temporarily Mm. getting better, but you're reducing your stem cell supply. Wow. Yeah. So Mm. um, when we were born, every one in 10,000 cells is is an MSC, you know, this major type of signaling stem Mm -hmm. cell. And when you reach your teenage years, it becomes one in a hundred thousand. So from one in 10,000 to one in a hundred thousand, right? This is just getting to teenage years. When you get to your forties, it becomes one in 400,000. When you get to your eighties, it becomes one in 2 million. So there's like a straight line decline. So when that's why we wrinkle up, that's why we get white hair. That's why we get sick easier. We get chronic illnesses because your body can't keep up with the repair. Yeah. If you get sick, if you get injured, as long as you have plenty of stem cells that are vibrant, then, you know, you're going to fix it. But if you're running out of stem cells, that's a final source of regeneration. So you, but all the other things are important. I call stem cells the engine for regeneration Mm -hmm. and everything else we're doing, like the hyperbaric, like the nutritional therapy, you know, light therapy, all these things are the fuel. Eventually it fills the body, but it also fuels the engine. So the engine needs all, you know, all these important factors, but you still need the engine. If you don't have the engine, you're not going anywhere. Oh God, how do I get some of this? <laughs> Why can't we all just fly over and see you in five minutes? That would be fantastic. <laughs> do you, are you aware? So uh, on an international scene, I know you're in America, but um, are you aware of, of lots of these sorts of uh, clinics opening up all around the world now? Is there um, hope for us Kiwis? Is there I hope for us? I think they're opening up in countries that are a little bit more open. Countries like Costa Rica, you know, Bahamas, Panama, <laughs> Mexico, Colombia, they're all over there in the tropical area. But when it comes to, yeah, places like New Zealand, Australia, it's Canada, I think uh, they're very regulatory, slow thing. Very Is it because of regulation? Yeah. 
Damn. Okay. So we're sort of reliant at the moment on, um, it, you know, just using it, things like skin for skin care and, and getting some benefits from it that way. Um, but we, yeah, we're, we're going to, but this is what's coming down the track. And the more people ask for it, the more people are going to be pushing for it, the more we're likely to see it start to happen. And I am aware of uh, one clinic, um, uh, up north that does, um, the fat cell stem cell uh stuff but not the uh i don't know if we have the tissue banks i'm definitely going to go and find out where in new zealand australia can we get (laughs) can we get access to this stuff and if you let me know if you find one oh absolutely you need to start a database of who is where you know because you've got enough jobs (laughs) i know but um is is this also for parents um who are listening to this, who, you know, maybe about to have a child, um, something that they should be thinking about, like for their own future, for their own children's future as well? Storing this tissue? they certainly can, but okay, this is my, my sentiment. Um, yes, you can bank your own child's cells. And if the child has any conditions, you know, during childhood, it probably is very helpful to have these cells because they're younger, they're, they're powerful and it's identical to the, to the babies is great. You don't have, it doesn't have to be identical, frankly. Um, That's why we're using other people's cells, but Mm. you know, because they are so young, they're primitive Mm. and because they're mesenchymal stem cells, most of them, they are immune evasive so immune privileged Mm. they don't get you know uh destroyed by the immune system because they don't have surface markers that mark them as foreign so so and then they work and they die right just like you know we take any cells out of the body we activate them we put them back and they work and they die so so it's the same thing very few actually end up living your body and if even if they do it's not a problem because yeah. even human cells can live in animals' bodies, you know, from these research. But we, I don't know if you know, 60% of women, research I've shown, 60% of women actually have yeah. Y chromosomes in their body. I, heard, I, so, I listened to one of your lectures on that and it was like, yeah. wow, really? Not as frightening and people are so frightened. Oh, other people's DNA in me. I have done IV stem cells on myself every three months. I don't know how many people's DNA in me. I welcome them. I was like, yes, become part of me. Yeah, it's okay. It's only a few cells. I mean, compared to what I have, you know, trillions. So, but I welcome it, you know, because they help me heal. Um, I, I think it's, you know, people's fears are completely blown out of proportion is not based on science, but, um, but in, in, anyhow, so I, I think the, um, we actually you know, have like white, white. So they've, they've done it with women, haven't they? So tested that we have Y chromosomes, in other words, male chromosome cells or whatever you call it in there for, what was it 20% of women or 60% of women have, have mm-hmm. these. And when, I thought it was from, if they had bore a male child, that they would have some of the, the children's DNA in them, but that's um, not the only, that. yeah. It's yeah, so basically my research was trying to figure out why 60%. They were trying to use statistics to account for the 60%. They couldn't because they were thinking, oh, maybe it's from, you know, having male children or having male children who have, you know, went through a miscarriage, who the mother never knew. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's from male sibling that, you know, that got DNA mixed up with, you know, with the mother when the mother and the male sibling that, you know, they were Didn't in, in the womb, yep. but the yep. male sibling died. No one knew. So they, they were trying to figure out every potential possibility. And then finally they said, okay, we can't account for all that. So the only explanation is through male, female intercourse. That's how the Y DNA, <laughs> Y chromosomes actually got into the female body. So it just is part of the human experience. Um, any, anyhow, so, so that's, um, but I think, you know, back to your question about mothers, whether or not they should bank their own baby's court. First of all, if you're banking them for your own reasons, like for selfish reasons, then it makes no sense. Um, first of all, your baby is 50% different from you DNA wise, but also good luck in trying to get the cells out for use for yourself because this belongs to the baby. I've had people, parents who are trying to get the cells out to use for themselves. They had a hell of a time because the, the tissue bank did not want to release it because it, this belongs to the child. Oh, baby. Um, so that's one thing, but 
some 10, 15 years down the line, the stem cell therapy is going to advance so much that you probably don't even need it. Maybe at that point, we'll be able to take a cell from your body, bring it back to the embryonic state, and then coax the cells into becoming so many different kinds of cells that we want cells to be. So I, I just think, yeah, if you want to do it for your children, great, do it if you have the resources. But but just know there are a lot of possibilities you don't have Even to. Even if you haven't done that. So you don't need to necessarily bank that for your child's future or, or whatever. Wow. There's just so much to think about and the implications of, of, mm-hmm. of everything as well. Dr. Joy, you've been so generous with your time. I want to respect <laughs> your time. Thank you so much. Um, you're, you're wonderful. Uh, your, your work is amazing. Um, please keep this going and keep educating those doctors so that more of us get access to this incredible um, therapies, um, stem cell therapy. I'm excited. I hope I get to have some before I get too old. <laughs> because you can I'm fly to out. Los Angeles. I have a lot of people flying from all over the world. So all over the yeah. world. So people can book in with you, come and see you in Los Angeles if that's within their 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 realm of possible. Um, that's absolutely fantastic. So we will put all the uh, links down below. But just uh, briefly, where can people find you? Um, so my yeah. clinic is called Uplift Longevity Center, so Uplift with a Y. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can just look me up, upliftcenter.com. But if they want to listen to my lectures or, you know, like my my educational, uh, you know, input, um, they can go on YouTube. I try to put out some videos and, you know, discuss different aspects of stem cell therapy. Um, so my YouTube channel is just Joy Kong MD. So just, you know, my name. And um, also they can and they want more information, they can go on my, you know, the academy I founded, the American mm-hmm. Academy of Integrated Cell Therapy. So it's AAICT.org. They can go on the academy, find some research articles and there, you know, and some case studies. So there are a lot of case studies, you know, a lot of them are, you know, patients who I've treated. Some are, are patients who are were treated by the doctors I've trained. So um, it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting for people to read those cases. Heck yeah. I'm just so excited for this for this research. Thank you, Dr. Joy. I am so privileged to have had you on the show. <laughs> You're so welcome. It's been very, very nice to, to talk about those wonderful things. Fantastic. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com. 